guys, how's it going? Welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. I uh, hope you guys are having a great week. Uh, it's just me on my own today, just uh, the single biscuiteer joining you. Um, and uh, today I'm joined by Jamie Edwards from Shrewsbury Town and the community. You may remember a few weeks back, um, I, I covered an event at the at, at the football ground where Shrewsbury Town and the community had opened up their 4G pitches uh, to the homeless community or to, to the outreach communities, um, mainly uh, Shrewsbury Arc, uh, so that the, uh, the the guys can go and use the 4G pitches and enjoy a bit of free time. Um, and obviously, between now and then, uh, a lot has ha- happened and uh, stunted a lot of what people were doing, um, uh, you know, as far as g- getting out of the community and helping people. Uh, we've all had to adapt. So Jamie's here today to talk about ways in which Shrewsbury Town and the community has um, adapted and, and trying to help people. Firstly, how are you, Jamie? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. Um, had an extended break in South Shropshire where I live, so um, it was one of the positives out of lockdown is you get to spend lots of time at home with your family and your and your friends. So, well, not so much your friends, your, mainly your family, and you can go from there. Yeah, it's um, it's been an odd one for me. I mean, like I, I've been concentrating on making content, you know, trying to keep the the show going, and I'm a key worker as well, so going out to work and fitting all that in time with the family yesterday was like the first day since lockdown where i could actually because of social distancing we can go and use a family member's garden yeah so we went and sat in the garden for the day and i kind of went uh patrick starfish uh afterwards (laughs) so i'm a little bit pink but but give it a couple of days and i'll i'll look like a a mediterranean god you know i'll go like kind of brown it'll look great um i've got a few shout outs to do actually before we get into this um i want to give a shout out to all the businesses that are starting to sort of slowly reopen throughout uh shrewsbury uh, and everywhere else um a certain shout out goes to stop cafe um they they've dropped some nice positive um uh posts about how they're they're reopening safely so it's like a one in one out kind of basis so if you want to go and get a coffee from them uh you can go there now um just be sensible with it of course um also high five tennis our friends at high five tennis they've they've opened i think that so tennis is like socially distanced anyway you want one's either side of the court isn't it so that, that they're great uh they've just reopened there and shrewsbury canoe hire as well i've been speaking to them uh this week we're gonna try and do a show with them i want to try and do a show where we can record a podcast on a boat in in the, in the river which is going to be uh, a task and a half because we've got hundreds of pounds worth of equipment that we're going to put on a, a place where it could potentially get wet so uh head scratcher but if we can get it done it will sound amazing and then finally um to f- uh, the mayor phil gillam who's staying on as the mayor until november i believe um an extended um uh, appointment as mayor and then the new mayor will take over and do an 18 month stint after him it makes sense you know uh this has been may- uh, the mayor our current mayor's problem to sort and he's doing all he can so yeah, let's go into it. Uh, Shrewsbury Town community, um, I love what you guys do. I've mentioned that on the last show. You guys have been going for many years now. Um, you've raised quite a bit as well, haven't you, for for um, people in the community over the years? You know. Yeah, yeah, we've um, well, we've been going for almost twenty five years. Yeah, yeah. Or being said, when we started as football in the community, I think around nineteen ninety five, ninety six. Um, Predominantly back in the years, then it was around soccer schools, after school clubs, um, 
and a way to engage the football club with the local community. So to try and get more supporters, more young supporters, um, junior supporters that can come and support Shrewsbury Town Football Club. Obviously, as things all do, that we evolve over the years and we turn into charity status in 2008. Um, that obviously opened up uh, different avenues. And now we work on four main themes of participation, inclusion, um, health and education. So across there is a broad range of 30, 32, 33 different projects that are, are usually all operational unless you're in the middle of a pandemic and trying to work miracles to, to keep things going. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting charity to work for. Um, and it's obviously vital to some people at, at this time at the moment for the services that we've started to offer probably over the past five, six years. Um, some of those services are vital that we've managed to continue, which is which we're really fortunate about and we're really working hard to, to even improve them during this time as well, which is great. Yeah, I mean, when I turned up um, a few weeks ago at the at the club, um, there was there seemed to be quite um, quite a, a good array of, of resources available to you guys. Um, because on that particular day, you had a football player walking around, uh, greeting people as they came in. The chairman was there. The press were there. It seems like you guys have, have really kind of uh, managed to you know uh, use everything that's available to you in a, in a really positive way. Yeah, yeah, we're really lucky. Obviously, you have the platform of the football club. We are the, the football club's charity as such. Um, and we, like I said, we work on those platforms to engage with the local community. It's come away from the let's get bums on seats at stadiums now and, and let's use the, the brand and the power of football and the football club um, to make a difference, whether that's um, helping people out that are homeless or whether it's people recovering from cancer or a young child coming to play their first ever um, football training session at three, four years old. It, it's such an array of, of projects that we do. So to have, like I said, have the platform and the facilities at the football club and the stadium and the players is, is massive to us. And it's been vital during this time Um again, to be able to continue our work to, to pull on all of those resources and support that we have to, to enhance our, our offers or adapt them so that we can make them work. Yeah, I was really impressed. Um, not just not just about the resources you had, but how you guys utilise that. It's very professional, uh, and, and you know it's worked in a way that where it can be all the areas, like the four key areas that you've got, uh, can be efficient. You know, you've got certain people that are head of certain areas um, and all working brilliantly with their certain areas of the community. It was really nice to see. I met so many great people that day. It was lovely. Yeah. No, we're. Um... I said we're a growing workforce and I think we've got, um, although some unfortunately have to be on furlough at the moment mm -hmm. for, um, to make sure that we have the long-term future of the charity and support the community. But I think we're up to sort of 28, 29 members of staff now um, that are salaried and probably the same amount that come in and help on a, a temporary or part-time basis, plus our seasonal workers as well over the summer periods that, that are usually really busy. And like I said, we're, we're finding ways around being busy over this summer as well. And, and like I said, continuing to engage with those people that really need need the engagement and need the support during this time. Yeah, it was... It was um... Uh, you know, as nice as it was to see everything that was going on, um, what's happened recently must have felt uh, like a terrible um, kick in the teeth for you guys because it seems like you just, everything had just fallen into place, right? Uh, and you guys were gelling on a, a really good level. Um, so the, the, the COVID-19 thing must have been terrible for you guys. 
Yeah, I think like most people, it, it obviously came out of the the unexpected, unexpected I should say. And uh, as much as you can try and plan for business disaster recoveries and stuff like that, until you're actually in it, you you don't know how strong your your framework is, or or the projects that you're doing, and, and whether they'll stand up to whatever the, the crisis is. So um, yeah, we were in a we are sorry we were and we are now still in a in a good place. We had. Um, Lots of partnerships all over the community that were flourishing in terms of of the, the the partnership that we started with the Arc on the day that you were in was was fantastic and unfortunately they only had one session um, because it was literally right on the the cusp of, every, of all of this starting so it was um, it's disappointing in that fact that we we've probably lost a, a, a lot of momentum in terms of our face to face delivery that we have and and like I said the the football team not even playing on a Saturday is is a real big thing for, for not just ourselves but other local businesses that rely on the football club whether that's caterers uh food suppliers um pubs clubs whatever it can be on that match day that that when Shrewsbury Town are playing the retail park across the road is usually a lot busier with families visiting the retail park before they go into the match and and stuff like that so I think by a football football club I think it does show um, how much football means to both Shropshire and also yeah. how much football means to the whole country with it being called off. I know there's not everybody's a football fan out there, but um, not so much the missing of it, but how much it does support. I think the Premier League gave something like 6.6 billion to the government last year. So for football not to be played and, and to have 12 months off, and I know it's all about the safety and getting the players back safe and, and making sure we can do it, but football gives so much more back to this country than probably people realize before economically it yeah the the economy must uh, be really struggling from that because it's a huge slice uh, what kind of information do you have on how how football clubs are actually coping with all this i mean like i take it the players are still getting paid uh, but there's no revenue coming in how are how are like smaller clubs like shoes we going to survive through this have you guys got any idea it's a million dollar question. I think Brian, um, the club's chief executive, was on the radio this morning. It's up to a two million pound hit that the club are going to actually take in terms of loss of revenue over this time. So it's it's a difficult one. Thankfully, Shrewsbury Town are in a really good position. They've had a good board and good chairman over the years that have, have put them in this place and the stadium and the outside revenue that that brings has helped. Um, I think you'll find a lot of clubs. I think there's ten at the moment that are in danger of going into administration already, wow. um, which is frightening in a way. I know they lost a little bit of income during the end of the season, but to be this close to going into administration, technically we're only a week over the the end of what the the normal season would have been. So it does make you think: why are they almost there? The, the majority of lower league clubs are propped up by the TV money that again comes from the Premier League and Sky TV. Um, so that will continue as long as they're still in in, in existence. So I, I would have thought that a lot of clubs would put obviously their main um, budgeting on that TV money because it's guaranteed. And then obviously you have your season ticket holders and your spend and, the, and your match day income and then whatever individual clubs do in terms of Shrewsbury Town obviously have hospitality there. Um 300 well, every day of the year, practically. Yeah. Um, so that that brings them outside income. Um, so people will be going 
going into their savings accounts and, and some of the clubs that aren't run as well will, will be looking at their owners or their directors to, to bail them out over this time and get them through. Um, lots of lots of the lower league clubs will be furloughing staff. I don't know Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury Town have have done that. We as a charity have had to do that and that that is probably the one single best form of income that businesses have had at the moment, which yeah. um, government should take a lot of credit for there because that, that has saved thousands, I know there's thousands and thousands of jobs at risk, but it has also saved, well, millions of jobs, I would have thought, in terms of of, of how that's come out. So um, it'll be an interesting, really interesting thought of how football comes back from this. And I think, ho- I'm hoping that Shrewsbury Town will come back very competitive in that they've had these reserves, they're in a good position going into this. Hopefully they can come out stronger. And those clubs that probably have been a little bit, um, who aren't as fortunate, what may be fortunate or maybe have had bad management in terms of their finances over the years. Um, I'm talking about the bigger clubs that have yeah. large crowds and rely on that or rely on um, times that they were in the Premier League. Um, I hope they come back and, and the gap is probably got a little bit we've got a little bit closer to those big clubs in our league and, and probably hopefully if you come back more competitive and more of a favourite to yeah. hopefully get into that championship that, that every supporter wants to do. I think there's gonna be a, a huge I mean like okay, so we look at the the these pictures and videos that we've seen over the last couple of days of people being swarming on the beach and out there in the sun and yeah there's lots of negativity around it around it. But the only positive thing I can take from that is that people will bounce back to get back to those creature comforts, those things that they enjoy. So like when it comes to like football, people will will be missing football. I know I am, That's just, you know, um, I'm, I'm missing all kinds of sport. I was just getting into the NFL and it's just like, you know, I was just getting into stuff like that. You know, I can't yeah. wait to, to get back to watching football and things like that. And people will, they will come back and they'll come back in. I mean, the, the town, sorry, the football club having such a big voice in the town, I guarantee there'll be a rally behind uh, getting everyone back at the stadium. So, uh, you know, positive. I think there'd be a vacuum, weren't there, in terms of um, I actually bought a bike last week and, and you couldn't get hold of a bike for love and the money because everyone is taking up cycling at the moment because it's the only thing you can do. Uh, tennis that you just spoke about and golf and canoeing, all of a sudden families and, and people are going to be out doing what they yeah. can do. So I think there's going to be a, a real vacuum when football does come back that it's almost like that. You've been starved of it for a while. You're going to have to go and get your fix of football. So hopefully if, if, if the club and, and, and us as a community scheme are in the right position at the right time, then we can take advantage of that to the best that we can. And, yeah. and like I said, it's all for me, it's all about, we've gone through lots of stages through this in terms of like managing the crisis of the work from home, making sure people are, are being engaged with and, and then adapting it, adapting what you do to, to ensure we can continue to engage during the period. And, and now it's very much about how strong can we come back when, when the lockdown has finished officially and hopefully when a vaccine is there or we're, we're back to, to what they're calling the new normal is how strong can you actually be in terms of your output and your delivery and, and the club as a whole, really. Um, I, I've, I read a, an interesting book of the week um, by uh, Joanna Dodd-Macy. Um, she's um, a huge part of the corporate business, corporate world in America. And she was, she's a psychologist and she was talking about how actually, do you know what? The, the, the whole world is suffering through grief at the moment. The grief, the grievance program, uh, pro, pro, 
Oh my God. Uh, yeah, we're suffering from <laughs> grief, uh, the five stages of grief. And so yeah. what happens is, you know, you, we go for those stages, uh, the, the denial, which is what the people are on the beach. Then there's the, the uh, you know, acceptance of everything and the, that, that process. Um, but what goes into that is my first um, initial uh, response to this was uh, not panic, but kind of, I hit the depression stage straight away. I was like, oh my God, man, we were just about to hit the big time with the show. We're about to go everywhere. And what are we going to do? Then we had to adapt. And then I sat down and wrote plans. I sat there and I, I planned things and I've, I've put things into motion now that we, we can actually be a, a good help for the town. And I guess that's similar to what you guys have done. You've sat and you've made plans on how to adapt. And that's what your new ideas seem like. You've, you've sat there, you've made plans, and this is what you're going to do. So what, what, did you, what have you guys put into place? Well, like I said, I think that the first thing was when we were in, probably easier to explain the sort of process we've gone through. In terms of the crisis, um, we see 14,000 unique participants a year. So when you're talking about a crisis, you're thinking, how, how are we going to ensure that we're still engaging with those people? So we narrowed that down and said, who are the most vulnerable um, participants we've got? So our, our extra time club that you saw when you came down, the, the over 70s within that, that group, the ones that are at risk of trips and falls in their own house, um, probably not being able to get out to the supermarket, going to have to isolate for long periods. Um, then we looked at our disability groups that we have playing and thinking, right, how are we going to engage with them? Because, again, they're going to have a long period away from um, any engagement, any health and fitness. They struggle to get yeah. um, any any meaningful um, fitness work or health work during the week anyway. So how are we going to engage with those? And then our final one was our um, cancer recovery program that we run with Lincoln Davis Trust. Um that's usually a meet at the ground and they have a six week training program while they're recovering or living with cancer. Um, and obviously that is vital. And that was hugely um, shown in the press about how the cancer, uh, anybody suffering with cancer needed to be shielded um, as a priority. So um, we looked at ways and how we can engage them. So there's, there's thousands of phone calls that have been, been going on now of in, in, in keeping that engagement, helping where we can with that. Um, and then it was it was credit to the stuff that we have that we started to look at different ways we could adapt um, that we wanted to be a little bit different as well. Um, that's just probably our pride more than anything talking there. But a lot of people went along the lines of, right, let's do a Joe Wicks workout and let's record what we're doing and just shove it up on YouTube. And if people engage with it, that's fine. And and a short term fix that that really works. But when you're talking about social isolation, it's the interaction. It's like what we're having now where there is a video screen that we're looking at each other. Um, these, this, a lot of our over 70s group um, and the cancer recovery group we're gonna, are going to be in that situation where they can watch a video, they can watch TV. That's not, that for me, that's not curing social isolation. It might be curing inactivity in the house or in the home. Um, but it's not it's not giving them that interaction they need. So we invested in a um, in a platform that allows us to interact uh, with up to six people, very similar to Zoom, um, but you're more in a studio um, type setting. So you're in control of it. You can show your powerpoints. You can show videos. We've we then that obviously with with the staff that we've got that 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 luckily they're sports or football coaches in the main that they're used to adapting every day. It might be that there's 
they've, they've done a session for 16 kids, but 20 have turned up. So how do you adapt on the spot? And, and you found that every day these sessions were getting better. It, it evolved from somebody in their front room sort of hopping up and down to, right, we'll get the equipment in now. And, and what can we, can we lift this baked bean can? Cause that's the same as an armchair aerobic session. So yeah. what can we, how can we adapt and what can we do? So all of a sudden we're, we're, we're already up to well over 20 live, what we, we're calling live sessions. So we did one session with Milbrook Primary School. Um, I think there was 300 engagement from all of the, the pupils over that time. So this platform has six people in the studio, but then it also streams live through to YouTube or Facebook, depending where you want to. So the students are allowed to... The, the kids and such are, are engaging if they're not in the studio through YouTube and anything they comment can come back through to our teacher and their teacher and, and it was fantastic to see that, that these kids that are in lockdown that probably want to speak to their teacher had that platform to actually do that yeah. um, and when you've got the likes of uh, Joe Hart and Dave Edwards and I think we've got Tom Bradshaw today as a former player um, taking part with Sevendale Special School in PE lessons it's actually then you start looking at that growth mindset thinking this is a real big opportunity for us and some of these things we're going to have to keep afterwards because they have been so so successful where else would you get uh, a former England captain as a goalkeeper taking part in one of our sessions and he's still active player it's not like it's his time off his training and the rest of it so to have that sort of interaction and and that the, it's just, it's just, it has been a fantastic to watch as we've kind of adapted to this situation and we've had stories where um one kate lindley our health activator that runs our extra time hubs she would again we, we're trying to get more and more on technology and I'll, I'll go on to the funding that we've got to help that um but one of there's a there's a group within there that are friends obviously outside of our group and they hadn't heard from one of the what we call the, the members of our group um, for two or three days so Kate got in a car and actually went and banged on the door of, of this individual during lockdown um, just to see if she was there obviously safely with social distancing um, found out from the next door neighbour that this individual had been taken into hospital because she'd had a fall um, but she was okay thankfully and um, Kate then went back and spoke to the members and said look she's in hospital she's fine and, and those people that are isolated in lockdown haven't got many people to, to talk about you even myself, you find yourself stewing over ideas when you've got more time on your hands. Um, I can imagine that is, is quite distressing when you're worried about someone and you can't get hold of them. So those little acts of kindness, I suppose, uh, are going a, a massively long way. We had a player uh, over the weekend, again, Dave Edwards, uh, rang one of our um, uh, uh, shoesability, so our disability group. He was, Evan, I think he was nine or ten, um, and it was to wish him happy birthday and have 15 minutes of him again using this platform like Zoom. Um, th those opportunities won't come up. So I know it's a terrible situation that everybody's in and, and there's lots of people dying. There's lots of people that are poorly, but there are some massive positives in terms of family time and interaction and, and going on to, the, to trying to get more people online in technology. When we've now invested through some funding through the Community Foundation um, into some tablets so we're actually loaning tablets out and we've got um, we've got them so it's simple to set up to get onto a zoom session so so those that aren't interacting and we're really lonely we're, we're interacting with a face-to-face -face delivery I know it's over a screen I know it's not perfect but actually it's better than what some people are currently getting yeah. um, I think my, my grandparents might go two or three days without seeing people in, in normal time 
to wet, let alone lockdown that, that is, is even worse. So I was excited here when the postman came when it first started. It, <laughs> <laughs> it is, it, it's those little things you've got yeah. to remember that, that sometimes it's not great, massive amounts of money or, or cost that go to, to doing a really good act within the community. Uh, and it's those it's those small acts of you know in comparison to everything that's going on at the moment you know going going to somebody's house and knocking on the door and making sure they're okay is it's just it, that's priceless to someone you know that means the world uh, to that that person and the fact that you guys have got the resources available and the compassion to to act on with them resources is just is fantastic it's a, it's a great use of of um you know of the things that are around us and you know we, we're talking about adapting we, we've all adapted with zoom and and, and what we're using yeah. now it's evolving we're evolving with you know like you said me and you're having this conversation now um we've all done that because you know there are positives to negatives you know so the COVID 19 yes yeah, locked the whole planet down but we're all still talking you know there's, there's everybody's still uh going um and so you've been phone calls as well that's that's you know People forget that, you know, we walk around with these things in our pockets, but yeah. the main the main reason we have them is so we can pick up the phone and actually speak to someone over it. You know, that's that's great. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it's been massive. And, and also you, you underestimate, I mean, we've never been any type of call centre, but King 4K, who's been busy, it, it's not a two, three minute call and it's not a text where you can wait five minutes for a text to come back. Every call that you make to somebody that, is at home in lockdown at the moment. People want to talk. Everyone has slowed down a little bit, and it's 15, 20 minutes. And, and when you've got 50 people in your extra time hub, that you're, you're talking two days' work just to make your weekly phone calls. So yeah. as much as it sounds like an act of kindness, as a as a resource for us, and, and that's probably where we're, we're adapting and, and where we're looking at and probably worrying a little bit of the transition period now as, as people come out of lockdown we're going to have to keep these services going for people that are in lockdown longer, but also start try and start up some of our original or pre-COVID, if you like, um, pre-COVID projects that we've we've got running, and, and our resources are going to be very thin. I mean, we're, we're very proud that we've got 16, 17 people still working that haven't been furloughed. We've, we've had to take that opportunity to to use the furlough system um, in terms of a lot of the face-to-face delivery has stopped, and we physically couldn't afford to keep everybody on to do what we we've done. Um, so we're, we're we're proud that we're, we're not like some other charities and football clubs that have literally hibernated over this time and I'm, I'm a true believer and I suppose I should be in my position but I'm lucky enough that the, the chairman and the chief exec of the football club feel the same that, that this is a community football club and you should be seen during a crisis to be helping out your community now we couldn't help with the food deliveries we could we, we could donate our um, we could donate our help don't get me wrong but we're not that sort of charity that sets up to deliver food and go next door so we were we were gutted at that first instant when we were like why well, your staff our staff safety was the at the forefront and our participant safety was at the forefront of our mind we, we couldn't be seen to be I know some of the bigger clubs have managed to do it in some sort of way of, of setting up food centers and whatnot but the club has a COVID test centre within its grounds at the moment. Yeah, I've seen um, that. Yeah, the Shrews family project that we've started to 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 sort of group everything that we're doing together around this crisis is is growing on a day to day basis. And our isolation packs that are slightly different to the food packs. And um, I think we're really fortunate in Shropshire that 
the, the people that have the, the Shrewsbury Food Hub and what have done an unbelievable job and the the, commu- the little community teams that have set up has shown what a lovely place Shropshire is to live and and that people in, if they need to they will look after each other so I think it's um it, it's shown that in good light and, and it was just us we, we needed to find a avenue in that we can make a meaningful contribution that was my big thing we had a lot of calls at the start oh, we should be doing something we should be doing this we should be doing that um and the shoes family is it's not just the 50 calls now it's the 500 over 70 season ticket holders that, that we're working through and i think there's three four hundred calls now that that we've gone into that and, and they're being redirected into our extra time hub some into our um, cancer recovery unfortunately but fortunately because we can we can offer them something um, and they're really appreciative of that call and like I said those those little gestures now are going to be what keeps us together and, and and we're not doing it indirectly to get support as a football club we're doing it because we care yes um, and ultimately there is there is going to be times in the future where the football will football club will need its community needs its community or don't get me wrong every every time but it might need it that little bit more um, when football comes back and it'll be behind closed doors and stuff like that it will it will need the community support in some way to to be as strong as it can possibly be because if it wasn't we wouldn't have been able to offer this as a charity I, I guarantee yeah. that there's some some clubs of League One standard clubs where their community schemes and clubs have just hibernated. They've just they're in lockdown. They're not allowed out. They're not doing anything, and I, I, I find that criminal. I know, I know it could be financial reasons for it, but this is a time where staff should be volunteering and whatnot to help their local community. Yeah, well, this is this is the thing, isn't it? You don't need money to sh- to show support and support should go two way it shouldn't just be one way um if you if you it's, it's think of it as a giant favor you know you give someone a favor you owe them a favor you know and if you're going to help your community then it's only right that your help your community should help you in return and this is what i got from when i when i came to see you guys is that everybody cares the people that you guys got working with you guys uh, you they care they really genuinely care about the people that they work with you know it, it, and that's why i think um, you guys are going on to do what you guys do. Not only have, you, have they got you as a great leader, but they've got like members of your team that like they're worried about the people that they work with. You know, the, the individuals, not the group as a as a whole, um, as the as their individuals. Um, uh, what was going to say? I was going to say something, and I completely forgot. It was a really bad bad point as well. Um, <laughs> it's funny how many yeah. times that happened on a podcast, right? Oh yeah, that's what. What is an isolation pack? What what is in an isolation pack? And the, so, Shrews family, we, we were lucky enough to receive just under £8,000 worth of funding. Um, and that was to pull Shrews family together. Um, uh, the vast majority of that has gone on to the tailored isolation packs. Um, and the rest of it has gone on ways in which we can engage in furthering. So, a lot of it is on technology, mm-hmm. like you said at this time, that trying to equip our staff to be able to actually to um, deliver what they need to deliver. Shropshire internet is a bit hit and miss all over the, over the country. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. what it's like. So we, we've had to come over those barriers, but the isolation packs are, are what, again, something we're really proud of in that um, they're tailored depending what group. So for example, if people have signed up to our online kit cancer group, um, which I think is one of the only in Shropshire that is still working with people that are recovering from cancer during this time. Obviously, resources within in the NHS and the rest have had to be redirected for good reason. Um, but if you're on that, 
that course, you're getting a, a pack that's worth well over £25, and that might be uh, a Pilates ball, it might be a fitness mat, it might be um, there's some vitamin drinks in there, there's a tablet if they haven't got um, a loan tablet that we're sending out so they can actually connect with us and, and whatnot. So it might be that son or daughter has got their mum or dad to say, look, this is something that you can do. Um, well, I haven't got the technology. Well, we're, we're starting to break down those barriers with it. Um, we're also looking at some of those vulnerable kids that um, we had a real sad story the other day. I'm well, not sorry, sorry, not a sad story, a stat that um, depending on what year group you're in and if schools go back next next week and, and there's obviously lots of controversy on that, mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be some children that haven't been to school for six months. Um, I've got a three-and-a-half-year-old, just, just under four now, sorry, at home now. He hasn't had interaction with another child for for the best part of nine, 10 weeks. And, and you do worry a little bit about the damage that may cause long-term. So we're looking into that that group of, of what you call invulnerable um, students um, or pupils. And I know Shropshire's got the highest percentage or one of the highest in the country of how they've managed to engage with them. Um, but there is still that individual that we feel we've got a place as a football club with a footballer to say, right, let's put a tablet in that house. If you come and do our literacy lesson or our, our free maths lesson that we're running, here's the tablet, here's the, here's the the cone, here's the mini football that you need, here's to get you active and your family active. And that might hopefully in, in turn run into um, cooking classes to make sure that family that, that might be struggling not have the ideas and, and obviously there are takeaways reopening and whatnot, but they, they need that the right type of food, those ones on free school meals. Can we can we engage with the club chef to, to put on some online cooking lessons yeah. or play some online cooking lessons? And like I said, if, if that individual, the, the vulnerable child is, is football mad, that they may just well engage with us. Um, and you don't know that that effect over from now over the summer holidays to September when hopefully we can all get back to some normality. Um, if we can reduce that gap that, in years to come might cause a employment gap between communities and a, and a, and a life chance basically is what we're giving them is, is that six months could be um, unrecoverable for some of these. And, and if we could stop that, then, then I think we've done our job as a, as a community charity, to be honest. I, you know, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. And, and you know, I'm, I'm one of the parents whose kids have uh, been given the option to go back in June. Um, and uh, it's been a, a huge talking point. I mean, I, first of all, a uh, big shout out to the teachers, the nurseries, uh, uh, you know, people that are going out and, and, and interacting with the kids on uh, on the, the seesaw and uh, the, the, the apps that they use there because it has been fantastic, you know, being in constant touch with the teachers and then giving the work and the groups where parents get together and chat on WhatsApp. It's fantastic how everybody has kept together. Uh, but yeah, my little boy is going to be one of those guys. Uh, he's, in, he's in reception or in early years. So he's going to be going back in June. Now my wife like kind of overruled me because I was undecided and she was like, no, he's going back. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to win that argument. Uh, so we're going to see how how that goes. Um, it's going to be yeah, straight. Send, we're sending our little one back into nursery. I think it's a I think it's a vital thing that that um, that they need. Yeah. Um, I know you're talking about the safety and and the rest of it, and the schools will do their utmost. But I'm I'm of the opinion my wife's a teacher, so she's going back in anyway. Yeah. So if if she carries it back into the household, if you go into a supermarket, I think we've got to do it. 
mm-hmm. at some time. I think people have, have got to, and, and schools are going to make sure it's safe. Yeah, and they're not going to open if it's not safe. So, well, that's going on at the yeah, I've, I've I've got I've got faith. I've got absolute faith, and um, you know, kids are kids, aren't they? They they got their fingers and, and mouths and everything in everything, you know. So, uh, I mean, whether they're at school or not, kids aren't the uh, the hygiene isn't of the utmost importance to a five year old. Um, <laughs> so, whether they're at school or not, they're they're, they're uh, icky monsters, uh, and uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, you're speaking um, about. Uh, initiatives that you've got going on how do you where do you guys move forward after COVID-19 what are your plans I mean it's hard to say right now isn't it what's going to happen but what would you like to do what would I like to do um I don't think we'll go back to what we had before not completely I mm-hmm. think there'll be lots of different ways in in how we work and and I think that's a good thing I think um I think our our main kind of drive or will always is is on on what is the the local need um so we're trying to preempt that local need in potentially employability will be something that will be massive going forward in terms mm-hmm. of there will be people that will lose jobs here um so those people that want a career change it might be more around our sports coaching and sports teaching degrees that we deliver or business sport management degrees that we're trying to um trying to develop it it might be be more around there um it's definitely going to be around social isolation i think there's, there's going to be some work done about um confidence of people coming back out as well i think that that's going to be very difficult to go through so um in the main like i said I, i'd love to see if we can get everything back up and running uh, while this has come through I, I must admit i've looked at my phone and um the government are talking about how grassroots football they want it back before a vaccine and there's going to be changes with possible changes with the rules and size and numbers of, of um, teams playing and stuff like that wow. so that's positive that it, it's they're thinking about it and, and ways in, in how it comes back so I think we've in the main we've just got to stay open-minded at the moment and um, continue to serve the community in what we're doing and, and and meeting those needs that are going to pop up i'm sure there'll be a change in um, direction and a change in in need that there seems to be uh, i'm not I'm sure you were the same that first couple of weeks of the lockdown it was changing it on a on a day-to-day if not hour-to-hour basis as yeah. schools are shutting schools aren't this is happening that is happening so hopefully it has settled down um again i just i see it I don't know. It's, it's it's really hard to preempt, but I think the employability one it will be something that that we'll look at as a charity to to really engage with. Um, we're still working really hard on getting our new facility in place and, and a new building. Um, the new building was very much around our capacity and, and what we can deliver on educational and traineeship type programs and employability programs. So. Hopefully, again, if we can come out of this in a strong position, both um, staff-wise, what we deliver and financially, we can really press forward with that building because I think that will be a massive part of the recovery. I don't think Shropshire is going to be, I hope anyway, that Shropshire is not going to be as worse hit as as what some of the other parts in the country are going to be in in terms of that employability um, strand that's going to be needed. But Again, if we can help out in any way, I think I think that's that's probably where it's going to be. Yeah. And I suppose there's going to be a lot of inactivity. As much as Joe Wicks has done his his daily lessons, and people have found different ways of exercising, not everybody has. 
No, and, um, no, yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, we see a lot of people cycling at the moment, a lot of people are running, things like that. But that's, a, I mean, in comparison to the whole population of Shropshire, that's a small amount of people, you've got to say. Yeah, yeah, and I think you'll find that people will go out for a walk a day and that's their exercise, but they didn't realise how active they were at work. So mm. um, I think that I think there will be something around the knock-on effects within health of, of, like I said, that prolonged period of where they haven't had their services, social services, whatever it may be. Um, and like I said, that catch up on on life gaps between vulnerable um, students is something that we're looking in closely. And I've put in some applications for, for some funding to see if we can can help and assist the primary schools and secondary schools in in engaging with those those hard to reach children. To be honest, yeah. Um... We'll see. I mean, I miss the cop. You know, the studio's been closed, and every time I go to cop, I go to the studio. I'd walk up the cop, and I go there. Yeah. You know, at least at least two, three times a week when we were recording and stuff. And uh, yeah, I miss that. <laughs> I've got to say, my my body does. That's for sure. All I'll say is, um, this whole thing has been a massive test for you guys because you've, even though things have been hard for you, you've still remained active and you've looked for ways to adapt. And if you guys can get through this test and you can get through anything, I'm gonna say. Um, so I, I feel like after this, you guys are going to thrive because you, you okay. showed, yeah, you've been swimming upstream uh, and soon the current <laughs> will change. Um, where, where can people find uh, Shrewsbury Town Community and how can they help more importantly? Uh, there's two ways they can help at the moment. Um, one, to find out the information, sorry, I'll go that first, it's easier. It's our website, which is www.stitc.com. That has changed from what it was over this period as well. It's been a bit uh, abbreviated and easier to get to. Um, and then in terms of how they could help, I'll, I'll, I'll put the financial thing out at the moment. That That's the biggest biggest thing for us at the moment. We're sending out 200 isolation packs next week. Um, we know that's growing. That, that number is growing on a daily basis with the phone calls that we're making and more and more people are, are starting to interact with our services. So, um through the Shoes family, if you go on Just Giving and Shoes family or the football club website or our website, um, you can see that you can donate. Like I said, it's around £25 per isolation pack. 200 have gone out already. I think we're going to need another 200 by by the end of next month that are going out. So we are looking at another £5,000 and, and we haven't as a charity got that money. Um, it's unfair for for others um, for the football club to be putting that in with what they're already doing um, okay. in terms of, of their engagement with the community. Um, what's the average sort of attendance weekly, uh, you know, off the top of your head, just a, an average sort of number um, of the of the uh, the stadium? How many people usually come in? Of, this, of, of the fans, um, it's around six, six and a half thousand, I would have thought, yeah. the average this year. So if if yeah. six six thousand people reach into their pockets now, I dropped just a fiver, just a, a fiver. That's a pint. That's a bit more than a pint. It's a couple of pints. If uh, six thousand people right now could reach into their pockets, chuck it to Shrewsbury Town, the community, um, you know, we're talking. What's that? Thirty grand? You know? Yeah. Well, we 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 have done our sums, and we do obviously a lot of fundraising events. So we have golf days and and marathon runs that we're arranging, and sleep outs, and all these great events. It's going to cost us around forty five thousand just in lost fundraising income. We think, as a charity, in terms of our face to face delivery that we've shut, um, it's cost us one hundred and forty thousand pounds over this first three months. Now we have been lucky to get a certain amount of grants back towards that, mm. but there's a reason why we're furloughing staff put it that way um otherwise we'd have them all working because we are 
at capacity, if not more at the moment. So yeah, any any sort of um, funding that can go towards that. We have said if there's there is an underspend on on our isolation packs that we'll continue to do a project in that area in terms of social isolation and and that might be in terms of promoting more of the elderly to come to games and having them a safe place within games to to engage with. So um, like I said, any any like charity is going to say the same, any financial benefit or income donation we can have um, is gratefully received at this point. Um, and I know it's difficult in a in a market that is saturated with the great work that the NHS are doing and, and how much is, is being thrown at, thrown into the NHS at the moment, which is needed. Um, but there's this second string of um, charities like ourselves that are doing great work that will also need, need support in over this time. Yeah, the, the, I think the thing is, the difference being with the NHS thing, the, the NHS funding goes over a, a nationwide scale. It goes to the NHS, which then, oh, no, I don't know how it works. I'm not going to pretend like a day, but like you guys are like in the core of the community. You, you know, that's where you guys are. That's that's where that money goes. It goes directly into community. So that's the benefit right there. Maybe we should, uh, have you spoke to, uh, to Glyn Davis uh, from uh, Salopcast? See if you can jump on there um, because he has quite he has quite a lot of listeners to his yeah. show. Yeah, we've been, we've done a bit with um, yeah with Glyn in the past, and he's been on one of our quiz shows that we've actually ran during this time in lockdown as well. So yeah, it might be worth going on there in the next couple of weeks and just just opening up as well. So I might give him a shout. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm sure he'd uh, really appreciate that. Uh, you've been a fantastic guest, and I've really I really have a passion to to help and um helping the community and you know i love working with you guys hopefully when everything's up and running again we can get a few shows together and we can you can work together with yeah i really like this um so it's uh, s-t-i-t-c um dot co dot uk did you say co.uk yeah yeah make sure you go there guys uh, listeners have a look uh just drop just drop them a few quid if you can just to help them out because these isolation isolation packs the visits to to people um the phone calls the tablets uh, all these sort of things that these initiatives that um Shrewsbury town community are doing they mean the world to the people that you know they interact with so that's what you're offering um you know people sat at home uh, you know on their own not being able to speak to people a tablet gets dropped through their door that they can borrow from the club where they can now interact with uh, the community that they were once part of so that means the world to people so if you can do that uh, please do uh, it means a lot um well thank you very much for joining us it's been really nice chatting to you please come on again if you if you want to if you've got you guys got new um initiatives that have come up uh, we'd love to speak to you so thank you very much uh, for joining us Perfect. Thank you very much. No, it's been great. Um, guys, make sure you check out our website where all of our audio is available. I try to update it as much as I can, but you can go directly to our website, which is www.theshrewsburybiscuitpodcast.co.uk. Um, you can listen to our audio directly off there. And like I said, I update it as much as I can. Uh, and that's made for us by our friends at Web Orchard. Um, if you need a website building, uh, you know, the world's going to start coming out of our caves and we're going to start making our own things and people are going to need as much help as possible. Make sure you go to Web Orchard. They make amazing, beautiful websites and they can help you there. Um, Jamie, thank you so much for joining me again. You've been a great guest. I'd love to have you on again. Um, make sure you guys catch us next week. Thank you very much. Peace out. Cheers.